Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, the Psych Rewatch slash First Watch podcast. I am longtime Psych fan Jay Christie, joined as always by my co-host, first-time Psych fan Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Hey, man. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's Monday, but it's a good day. It's a good day to talk some Psych. What Was it a manic Monday? Uh, Kind of, yeah. I mean, it was like my first Monday back in like my first week. Like starting on a Monday. Uh, so would you say you wish it were Sunday? I'm sorry, I'm not gonna do that. Um, anyway, is that a manic Monday? Like, yes, I wish it okay. were Sunday because that's my. Which is crazy that that's her fun day. Because I feel like yeah. Friday and Saturday are definitely the prime candidates for fun day. It's like yeah, Sundays can be fun, kinda. Yeah, nice. Fridays. I hate my, Sundays. Yeah, um, I don't like Mondays either. You know, that's another yeah. song. Okay, Garfield. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Shouts to Garfield. Someone, I forget, I was listening to a podcast where they pointed out that they went on a random Monday. So, no, it was a random Sunday and looked at Garfield's, the official Garfield Twitter account. And this was like last year, just tweeted on a Sunday, dreading tomorrow, which is so funny to me that the guy who runs the Garfield account is just tweeting, please, sincere. You know, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Like, why does Garfield, I mean, I, you know, never mind. Why not? I mean, it's, it's one of those questions. things. But the, the thing about it is it's it's one of those, like, low-cost things. Because whoever runs the Garfield Twitter account also probably runs the Garfield Instagram, the Garfield, like, you know, official site. So, you know, sending out a couple tweets. Um, How many followers do you think they have? Uh, 2.7 million. 322,000. Wow, I way overshot it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm. Yep, I'm. Uh, I would be a bad prices right player, but we're not here to talk about the prices right. We're here to talk about a little episode of Psych called Sean versus the Red Phantom. Which, yeah, uh, this episode it, reminds me a lot about uh, your kind of culture. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. As someone who uh, runs a podcast that talks about superhero movies, I felt I, I this yeah. hit, hit close to home. Um, yeah. Yeah, were you imagining me getting kidnapped uh, because I gave a bad review to something? You don't give a bad review to anything. That's I do, I do sometimes, but I mostly don't. Uh, I uh. mostly don't. And before anyone says anything, it's not because I am on the payroll because frankly, their show doesn't have enough listeners for that. It's mostly because uh, it's it's basically as if the show reviewed pizza, and with pizza. Even like pizza that's not that great. It's like, I'm still happy I got pizza. And that's how I feel about it because I, I like pizza. Um, so, yeah. Also, adding just as a side, I always feel like uh, our show is not I'm, not... I'm not that interested in telling people if a movie is bad or good. That That's for like actual movie reviewers. I'm much more interested in discussing something as it is. Because I'm not, you know, fuck, I'm not A.O. Scott. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything. You know what pizza does suck, though? What? Licorice pizza. Hey yo! You see, you're wrong. You're <laughs> wrong about that, and it's okay. Um, but, uh, I just really wanted to use that one. It was oh, it's a, it's a good line. It's a good line. I'm yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about Sean versus Red Phantom. It starts off Sean, little Sean. He's got his cape. He got a towel on. Did you ever run around with a towel like a cape as a kid? No, I did this other thing where I, it's not like that. I mean, it's kind of like that, but it's not. Um, I, where I'd put like a plastic bag, like I would wrap it like around like a parachute and I would jump mm-hmm. from like the top of my stairs until like I almost broke my leg once. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I never did the thing with the cape. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, it never was my thing. But uh, Henry catches him and sees he's been oh, reading man. comic books. <laughs> And he has a message. Superheroes are not the real heroes. According to Henry, Andre, who are the real heroes? Uh, they wear a badge and they are commonly referred to as 12. Um, we're not yes. talking about Tom Brady. No. Uh, yeah. I, he says that real heroes, uh, step on the beat every day and they wear a badge. Um, which, you know, cops, uh, cops in other words. Yeah. You know, that is an opinion that some people have. Uh, and yeah. Blue, blue lives matter. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly something Henry would say. Um, But anyway, we cut to the present day, and uh, we see Juliet. She's at her desk, and she's got a problem we have all had. You're sitting at your desk, and your neck hurts. You know what I mean? We've all been there. You're rolling your neck. You're trying to... You know what I mean? It's just... a little kink in her neck. It happens to the best of us. It's happened to me like a week ago. I was sitting there, and I was like, you know. 
You know, I've never had a problem with my neck. I think I just always crack it. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I have often. It's also because, like, I uh, do my best, like, work. And by work, I mean inane bullshit on my computer with the worst possible posture sitting up in bed at, like, 2 in the morning. And so, like, my neck is really – I'm just really uh, – I'm fucking it up so badly. It's a problem. But um, At least you're not anyway. doing it in your sleep. No, because as we discussed, and we just came up on Twitter, we're both back sleepers, baby. And I, and I was proud of the way I put it. And we I don't know if you, you saw the tweet. By, you, right. Yeah, you you saw the tweet I had, and I'm pro, this is I think one of my better lines of prose I've ever written recently. The only difference between how I lay at night and how I'll be laid in my coffin is the air coming out of my nostrils. Back sleepers, yeah. baby. Yeah. Anyway, no, we're not gonna be shamed. We're not gonna be shamed. It's it's you know just because we naturally sleep the way that is best for your back. We're not going to apologize. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we learn that the chief is out uh, of town with Lassie. Um, and so Juliet is the de facto leader. And she's obviously feeling the stress. Um, and she says, and Sean is in the chief's office, which, of course, she shouldn't be. But Juliet sees an opportunity. Yeah. She, um, she outlines this, uh, basically what she's looking at. Um, essentially, this kid named Malone Brayfogle. Weird Correct. name. Um, Which is apparently based on Malone is a character. Uh, there's a couple of Batman character references. No, there's a character um, in Batman named something Malone, and then Brayfogle was the last name of one of Batman's original like artists. Just I, 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 I saw that in IMDb trivia. The other two references, the fact that the executives are named Talia and Dent, I just picked up myself. Okay, but, I just picked <laughs> up on that right now. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Malone one I saw in IMDb trivia. I saw in the Brayfogle, but yes, Malone Brayfogle. Yeah, he's been apparently reported missing by his mom. And now, just... this is a common misconception. In okay, TV. yeah. I know you know this. Yeah, what, yeah. what is the mistake that this makes that is genuinely infuriating? And honestly, I think has gotten people killed in real life because people think this is true. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's basically... Sorry, my alarm went off and like my... my... Right, can you hear me again? Your headphones. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can hear you. You're good. Okay. Um. Yeah, so the... The kid's been missing for 24 hours, and the the thing in media, the the misconception is that you need to be missing for 48 hours before you're allowed to be searched yes. for? Before you're declared a missing person? Yes. Which is crazy, because as the show The First 48 is based on, if you're not found after the first 48 hours, you're probably dead. The whole thing is, if you are if you are missing for a reasonable amount of time, and you're expected to be somewhere, and there's reason to believe that something is wrong, you can be reported missing flat like the kid was supposed to be at home and he is 18 years old he lives at home with his mother if he's not around for 20, for 24 hours he's definitely missing why would you have to wait 48 hours it's so dumb and i get that they do it just for a plot but it truly feels like every single it's like they agreed somewhere in like a tv writer like uh retreat they're like okay and obviously we're all gonna pretend like you need to be missing for 48 hours before you can be reported um but yeah it's so dumb yeah, so obviously Juliet can't get you know the force involved, but she can, I guess, uh, pass it off onto a civilian, aka Sean and Gus, for mm-hmm. them to look into it. Um, so that's what they proceed to do. And you know, Sean makes a good point when they're on the way there. Basically, like Gus is kind of like, "Why the hell are we doing this?" And Sean's like, "Listen, if we help her out, she might be able to help us out in the future, and in many other forms." Yes. So, yes. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Exactly, and you know. Sometimes you got a spot in the back, your back where you just can't scratch it. You know what I mean? And you're well, you're a married man. You have an exp- You don't know what it's like to not be able to scratch blood st- spots on your back. I mean, well, the funny thing about my back is it's located on my cock. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm cutting that out. That's just, that's that's foul. Been, that's super bad. Oh right. Oh, I forgot about that line. Sorry. No, I won't cut it out then. I yeah, really yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen the movie in a minute. Oh, jeez. Right. Right. I was about to say, Ben, that was out of nowhere, but now I can <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I'm not that creative or disgusting. No. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, I, I think that um, I really like to go in, and they meet the mother, and she makes the pancakes. Who looks like Helen Mirren. I, I, I didn't pick, didn't think that, but I, you might be right. I don't remember what she looks like. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, she offered to make pancakes, which... I think Sean is right that if someone offers you a specific food item to make, I think that it's okay to say yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact of the matter is that they're going to, I mean, the whole point of this is like they're going to help her out and try to find the kid. So, you know, it's not, it's, you know, 
Do you want the you want those two detective people to be on there? You know, well fed and you know taken care of. Yeah. Also, like I also don't feel like if if I, you came over to my apartment and I said, "Hey, do you want me to make you pancakes?" If that was like the first thing I said, you would assume that I was already in the mood to make pancakes. <laughs> Like I wouldn't yeah, I yeah. I, I've never told you anything about me like wanting pancakes. So, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. so uh, she asks if uh, they need their syrup warmed up, and Sean says, "I don't, but Gus needs it," which I love because, as Gus points out, Sean is the one who likes the syrup warmed up. But now Gus is in the conversation; she knows his name. You know, that's just good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how 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 are you feeling about the warmed up syrup thing? I mean, I didn't grow. That's not a thing I grew up with. But yeah. have, anytime I've ever had it, it is always better because it's a it's more like it's it's a less viscous. Not mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's less viscous, so it can spread more. And then when it cools a little bit, it you know sticks on better. Um, yeah. Now I was always a big fan of uh, you know sometimes not even bothering with uh, syrup, just a little bit of butter, a little powdered sugar on top. It's it, it honestly pancakes? does for me. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big pancake person. I used to be. When I, I mean, was a kid. I mean, I can't eat any of these now. But waffles was always my favorite. Actually, no, it's French toast, waffles, pancakes. But they're all good. They're all carbs. Okay, I, I think mean. I think you might be the only person that has the exact same order. Yeah, and P- French th- and that's good French for toast. That's good for me too because French toast is the one that like is easiest to do gluten free. Okay, I mean waffles are pretty good gluten free too. Pancakes are disgusting gluten free because they're all you can't chalky. Yeah, it's just where like a French toast. Basically, if you take gluten free bread, gluten free bread is almost always not great. But you dunk it in enough custard and put it on the stove, it's gonna taste good. You know what I mean? It's not. It's just. Yeah. It's kind of hard to fuck up. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I love French toast, man. <sighs> so apparently Malone had been acting a little weird. Uh, he was guy. He got like a big internship um, that he turned down, and uh, his two friends, uh, Rob and Don. Hadn't seen him, but of course they're at computer camp, so they're no help. Yeah, okay. All right. Is computer camp a thing? I think it was a bigger thing back in the days where computers weren't so ubiquitous. I mean, um, how do you even get like good signal in those days, like for your like T3 connections in the middle of the woods? Or do I assume all camps are like in the middle of the it's woods? It's not. That's not what it is. It's like space camp. It's like a camp where it's not literally camping. It's like you go to a place, you know, um, like art, like, you know. Are the like theater camp is actually theater camp is in the woods, but I can I assume computer camp is not in the woods. I assume it's at like I thought of it like space camp, or space camp is at like a naval base or whatever. Um, okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, my mother was way too protective to ever send us to anything overnight as children, so I have no experience. Um, anyway, uh, we go into his room, Malone's room, um, and Sean immediately clocks some dust uh, from from like the ceiling. On Malone's bed, and what? I I thought it was like coke or something. I mean, that'd be a better episode. Uh, I like this episode fine, but if he if he was freaking slinging coke, yeah. which also reminds me of a thing that Henry says in the beginning, where he says that people who are capes are on angel dust. We're not. I mean, it's good for society generally, but I feel like angel dust is a punchline. The fact that people really don't do angel dust that much anymore, it's bad for comedy because <laughs> just saying someone's on angel dust is funny. Angel Dust is PCP, PCP. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. People, man, that, man, there are a lot of drugs I would never do because I'm a very cautious person. PCP is genuinely probably the one at the bottom. I would I would do that last. Um, no, I think meth is the last one I would do. Yeah, you're right. Although I have, being, from Florida, being from Florida, I have met people who have done meth and not, like, just like, yeah, I've done meth a couple times. <laughs> That's a thing that, you know. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. PCP. Uh, not even once. But anyway, Sean goes over to the light. He stands on the mattress and he says, "Like this is like one of those mattresses where you can have a glass of wine and a bowling ball on it." Which it isn't because the sound effects are of a mattress with springs, and those mattresses obviously don't have springs. Um, yeah, those are the memory foam ones you're talking. What's your about. stance on memory foam? Um, I don't mind it. I don't care. I don't really give a shit about like what I sleep on. Honestly, I have been memory foam. I think for six or seven consecutive years and mm-hmm. i'm never going back uh it just i have a memory I, foam like pillow that's about it i have memory foam pillow i had a memory at my last two apartments before this one where i had my own bed i got the because they because they can get the memory foam in the boxes you can order now like casper or whatever it's actually like super cheap and easy um mm-hmm. and this apartment i moved into was fully furnished and i'm like shit i might have to replace this mattress no baby the mattress in there was already memory foam i can't 
just boom, 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 boom. You know what that is? It's me racking up W's. Um, anyway, love memory foam. Um, but I love those memory are, foam mattress. I do. I want to try that. It, once again, look into it because they're much cheaper than they used to be. They used to be ridiculously expensive. Yes, yes, but yes. now you can get the ones in a box where you just leave them out like overnight and they become a huge mattress. Anyway. Um, we're not sponsored by Casper, but genuinely I will give a great ad because I fucking love, I've had two different Casper mattresses and I've been a fan of both. Um, so it opens up the lights fixture and a bunch of cash comes falling out. Um, you know, the it's a good Vegas, place to hide cash. Vegas looking cash. True. But it is a good place to hide cash if all things considered. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I would assume, I don't, actually, I don't know if I would hide stuff behind lighting. I feel like that might like burn up or something good yeah i i it reminds me of a i assume you have seen the uh pretty forgettable 2008 film 21 um i've never seen that movie no it's fine i've seen it twice for some reason but it's uh the main character he hides all his money in his like ceiling boards and that's always what i thought about except of course it doesn't end up working out because uh he ends up getting it all stolen but um that's a good place to hide money, assuming you don't get it stolen by a vengeful Kevin Spacey. Um, oh, oh, him! I thought it was like. A well, I think yeah, because it's like his revenge, because he like fucks him over. It's you know, it's uh, when Jim Sturgis was supposed to be a star. You know, two thousand eight was a different time. Um, <laughs> and so they're leaving, and they're like, okay, he's got to be breaking the law somehow because this is way too much cash. Um, and but Gus already knows where he is because uh, Sean doesn't pay attention. And this before you tell me where he is, I do love that Sean calls him Chocolate Columbo. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I like his other name that he's going to be called soon. Oh, um, I'll tell you this. It's not the first or it's not the last time you'll hear that name. I didn't think so. Um, okay. Yeah, so they Gus is a great investigator on in his own right. Um, you know, he doesn't have necessarily the, the powers of, or not any powers, but you know what I mean? Like no. Sean's perception or anything like that. But he did notice that there was a crumpled up uh, like pamphlet that's basically um, a map of the Tricon, the Tricon, yeah. yes. which is in Santa Barbara this year, which is it typically is. like a Comic-Con kind of deal. Exactly. Which, believe, would you believe it? I've actually never been to a Comic-Con because even though I do love nerdy stuff, the thing that going to a Comic-Con requires is thinking about something a few months in advance to buy tickets. And that is the thing I am incapable of doing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. I know you're not a big fan of Comic Con, and you've never been. But I know that you've you've gone like six years in a row to AVN Con. So that's absolutely. Yeah. Um, AVN nice Con is that? Support. Which one is that again? Is that the? Uh, that's the porno one. That's what I thought. <laughs> I I thought my I would have gone with Furcon, which is in Pittsburgh every year. Um, oh yeah, I don't even know about that one, but yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, yeah, I go to this opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I truly I've tried to. I've wanted to go to Comic Con. I mean, we applied for uh, press passes, and obviously we didn't get them. But uh, yeah, I would love to go. I this is I'm putting it down here. I'm gonna remember to buy tickets for Comic Con, um, because God, every fucking year I forget. Is it at Javits? And, yeah, it's in Javits, which I always feel a little icky about because I associate it with Hillary Clinton losing, and I, I feel I'm, I say that to people, and they're <laughs> like, not at all. I would they, not exactly. At all. I'm always feel crazy, but I'm like, no. On that night, they kept being like, we're cutting to the Javits Center and seeing what Hillary's up to. Lock her up. I mean, it's <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Remember when she was just walking in Cha- in Chappaqua for like a month? We're just like, oh, she's seen in the woods again. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Uh, classic stuff. Anyway, so they go to Tricon, and we cut to Lassie and uh, Vic in a car, and it's a classic 2006 bit. I mean, this is just oh we yeah. Want to talk about 2000. What is the most 2006 bit you can do? You know what the funny thing is? Is like, yes, of course, it's like a bit like that's very much of the time but you know this, i'd be i'd be lying to you if this didn't happen to me like in the last three years when someone oh, yeah, no, it, it happens in real life now but it's not a complicated but since it's not novel it's not a comedy bit <laughs> yeah i mean sure fair enough but i mean it, i don't know i think if you're sitting in a car with somebody like for that long you would have you would know for sure that they yes. were on a phone call conversation because yes. vic is on bluetooth with her husband which she reveals when she says all right honey i love you um and last year, things at Sammy's yeah. like what? Yeah, just classic Bluetooth hijinks. Um, and so they, Sean and Gus, go up, and Gus is, is like, "Dude, you can't just walk in the con, you know." Um, but Sean senses an opportunity because uh, there's a little strife with the guest speaker, who is none other than uh, Hikaru Sulu himself, George Takei. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So that one dude that's like 
the one that was complaining about the blueberries, I thought for like for like a couple of minutes that it was Bronson Pinchot. Wow, that would be a big get. I know. That's why I was just like, no, I can't be him. But is Bronson Pinchot? Bronson, he might be on an episode of Psych. It feels like he was in that rate, but I I don't think he was. He's in that exact spot. He's exactly the level of celebrity that they got as guest stars uh, of Psych. Um, But anyway, yes. So how does Sean sweet talk his way in? Uh, Yeah, he pretends that at some point he was – they keep talk- referring to some incident in San Antonio and yeah. apparently he was like his personal assistant, like mm-hmm. at, he's been his personal assistant in the past and I guess he currently is now. Mm-hmm. And he's talk- talking about how he fired like these other people who fucked up something. There's like a whole yeah. thing. It, he's doing, it's, doing a, it's a, it's a bit of like just over and over. My favorite line reading in this is when, uh, Sean says, uh, you're gonna do this to check off. And, uh, Gus says and completely sincerely, Sulu jackass. <laughs> Yeah, no, I do like how much like uh, Gus kind of owns the whole. Well, he eventually owns the whole. Uh, yes, corner. Now, at first, he uh, tries to act like he doesn't own anybody. Do you have any relationship with George Takei? Uh, I don't think so. I over the summer I watched every theatrical Star Trek movie. Um, uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't watch the show. Uh, but it, which is, I'm clarifying that to say because he doesn't really get much to do in the movies. Um, but he's okay. okay. The thing about him is that he is perhaps the most game person to play himself in something. <laughs> he will show up. Also, up. has the most like the weirdest fucking voice. I know ever. the fact that that's his real voice is insane. Yeah, I kind of don't believe that that's actually his voice. But I mean, I think it has to be somewhat similar because when he was doing it in, like the '60s, it's not like anyone was gonna. You know, he was like the seventh guy on a Friday science fiction show. You know, like. I don't know. I kind of look at this like maybe like Jack Nicholson's like sister, like never admitting that she was actually his mom. Yeah. You know, once you're like in for an inch, you're mm. once you're in for in a, for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, there you go. So uh, also, once again, why do we do this podcast together? Because you you know that I'm someone you can say that to and not have to clarify the thing about Jack Nicholson's sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I once wrote I once I once wrote that into like my brother had a web series that he did in college, and I wrote an episode when I was bored of it and that never got made, but I did a throwaway joke where it's like, Hey man, how you doing? Not great. I just figured out that my sister, who I thought was my sister was actually my mom. And I thought was my mom's like grandmother and then moved on. <laughs> so that was the funniest thing. No um, context. Anyway. It's, yeah. I, there's nothing more. There's nothing that makes me laugh harder. And this is the worst thing. than someone just saying the most profoundly earth shattering thing and then moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so Sean is basically because there's a blueberry issue. He's gonna save it. He's gonna fix it, and they go inside because they're with George Takei. Um, apparently, people in costumes are saying hi to Gus, um, and uh, that's a thing that we pick up later. And Sean and Gus get approached by Talia and Dent, two movie executives who want them to see the Red Phantom movie, which is the new big superhero movie coming out. Yeah, the Red Phantom. Um, yeah, and they. I mean, Talia and Dent. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so stupid for not having picked up on that earlier. I'm just like... I never oh, picked up on until this viewing, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Red Phantom premieres soon. They try to get them to, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, go check it out or whatever. And uh, they leave. And while they're, like, you know, going through the rest of the convention or whatever, Gus kind of, like, lets Sean know that apparently the Red Phantom movie is supposed to be ass. Um, yeah. Not very good. Um and yeah, so uh, I guess the, the main piece of criticism seems to come from a website, sorry, called The Fortress of Attitude, which is, you know, your typical like blog for, you know, superhero related stuff, right? It seems that way or like, you know. Yeah, it's, a pun on the fo- it's on the, a pun on the Fortress of Solitude, Superman's like lair- cave. Um, yeah. And the main reviewer is The Malcontent, um, who... I'm glad this came out in 2006 because the malcontent just sounds like a guy. If that malcontent existed today, it would be a guy with two and a half hour uh, videos called Why Feminism Ruined Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's like some Andrew Tate shit. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, this is when Gus owns it. He's like, I don't care what you think. This is my turf. And then the guy, you know, that was Dave. He's a very nice guy. Great stuff. And then they meet Hilt's Cooler who is the author of The Red Phantom and The Green Spirit. Oh, is he the Red Phantom guy too? Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. 
I think so. I see. Or maybe no. I don't. It actually doesn't matter that much. But anyway, uh, Gus is a big fan of him. But the Green Spirit apparently they they made a movie about that and uh, it didn't come out so good. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, well, I mean, there, clearly there was a lot of problems with the movie um, and the adaptation. Apparently, they didn't adapt the right. Uh, I don't know what you call that. I never read comic books. Comic- the right storylines. Hey, in fairness, I never read comic books either. Look how I turned out. Um, the right issue. The right issue, yeah. Um, and on top of that, there was a huge problem with uh, the nipples. Apparently, the nipples yes. on the suit were too big. Yeah, which is obviously a reference to Batman and Robin. Um, I don't know if you remember the nipples. Do you, do you remember the nipples in the Batsuit in Batman and Robin? Of course I do. I, was it yeah. just that one movie? That was the main one where they were really big. Um, okay, I thought that shit was yeah. in Batman Forever too, but I could be wrong. It wasn't as bad. I rewatched them uh, last year as well. I watched a lot of movies last year. Um, and uh, they were not as bad in Batman Forever. They were really a problem in Batman and Robin. Um, I mean, the craziest nipples I can remember are like, the ones from the teacher in Varsity Blues. I mean... <laughs> You're correct. Like, that is an accurate statement. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I just don't know why you would say it. You know, you got to keep things... Uh, you got to uh, keep things... You got to keep, keep things loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, if you hook me up to a polygraph test and you ask me, is what Andre said true, I would have to say yes or else it would go off, but... <laughs> I wouldn't say it myself, but no, the thing about the nipples in Batman Robin is it's one thing to have the nipples marked on the suit. Like that's a weird design choice, but fine. It's the fact that they protruded, which makes no sense. What is the function of having them anyway? Um, If Mark Wahlberg played Batman in it, Gotham City is a cold place. They needed some space for their nipples to. Well, yes. And who's the villain in Batman Robin? Mr. Freeze. Yes. It's always ice to meet you. Um, Anyway. Uh, everybody chill. Everybody chill. Imagine being one of his goons and being like, I have to fucking be in negative 30 degrees at all times wearing a fucking hockey jersey. I don't get medical. I don't get dental. And I have to be on ice skates when I try to fight Batman? Why can't I just be a normal goon with a gun? To be fair, there were probably like, um, like, uh, Russian like hockey national team people that Fair. are just like on vacation. Oh uh, wow! You mean like so the after the after the uh, Iron Curtain fell, the guys from the Miracle on Ice team they went over to Gotham and got up with Mister Freeze. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I'll say, I'll say, hey, someone write a one shot. Someone write a one shot of that. Um, yeah. That's the what's a what comic where just like a couple panels. Um, You're welcome, yeah. everybody. Uh, well, see, these are all things I learned from doing the show because I don't know, I, Andre. Obviously, I know you've never listened to the uh, Marvel Cinematic University, but the whole thing is I never read comics growing up. Um, and so they go up to the microphone uh, to try to find Robin Don, and Sean introduces a new gimmick that he is a psychic and he uses Magic Head. Um, which not only is this the only first, not, not only will we hear the name Magic Head again, mm-hmm. Dulé Hill having a perfectly round head that you just kind of want to put your hands on is a thing that happens. It, it comes up. It's a thing they use. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, and it really pays off in the end with the, <laughs> with the, you know, the, the yeah. yeah. But, um, I, okay. Like what would this be like? Okay. How does that work exactly? Was it Sean needed magic head in order to channel like whatever he needs to Correct. see? Or like, yes. Okay. So was there so, like a, yeah. is there, is there a parallel for that? in like in comics? Not that I know of, but obviously there's going to be someone who has a better... Because uh, I, I really learned the comic stuff that is in movies or people really want to be in movies. Um, but yeah, as someone says that he's like Professor X, which Gus correctly points out that Professor X is not psychic, he's telepathic. Um, and so anyway, they eventually get Robin down up there. There's a little gimmick with another guy, but I'm not going to... We, we've already done enough tangents. Um, yeah. They get Robin down up there, they ask him to empty their pockets, and they find the room key for room 428. And uh, they start asking questions about how they're not supposed to be there and where the friend is. And they run, they spook him a little bit. Yeah, they spook him a little bit. And uh, sure enough, they take off. And Gus is wondering, like, why the hell they aren't going after him. And it's because he doesn't really need them anymore. He All they need is to find Malone. And he has an idea of where he thinks he'll be. Yeah, the room. Yes. So but before they yeah. get to the room, mm-hmm. you hear... Well, why are you guys telling me you're my assistants? That's my George K. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, I shouldn't have died anyway. It's not that good. 
Yeah. Yeah, not your best. Uh, anyways. Yeah. yeah, so he's doing all this shit, and, like, Sean's doing the same, like, fake it till you make it kind of deal, where he's just, like, spouting off more people that he fired or, like, referencing more events that George would be aware of. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he actually, like, hit the lotto when he refers to the San Antonio stuff, because it appears something did happen there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Uh, I thought about making a joke about with Chuck Buckley saying big old women, but I couldn't find a good way to get there. Um, and so anyway, uh, they go to the hotel room, and it's really messy. And Gus says maybe Johnny Depp stopped by. And Sean actually points out, did that joke take a time machine from 1992? And they did point out, which is a thing that's true. I feel like in my life, at least, celebrities stop really trashing hotel rooms. Like that's stopping a thing that really happened. Yeah, I mean, like, of that level, yeah. I think it's yeah. more, like, musicians that do it still. Probably. Yeah. I The one thing I always think about is, if anyone wants a good time, read the complaints about Nerland's Noel fucking up a house he rented. Great stuff. Um, right. Did he, like, take a dump on the floor or something? Correct. Yeah, a, a lot of shit stuff. Um, which I just realized I recommended it enthusiastically, which I did mean, but I realized that that reflects poorly on me. But it is always funny to think about, like, a millionaire basketball player not knowing where to shit. I mean, that's just fun to me. Um, anyway. Yeah. So uh, they realize that the malcontent is none other than Malone Brayfogle. Because malcontent has Malone in it. Yeah, they find like the mock-up of like his little ads mm-hmm. uh, promoting his website. And I guess he must have pissed some people off because, uh, you know, obviously someone snatched him. And mm-hmm. there's like a note that's left there that says one down, two to go. Yes. Um, and they realized that he was originally praising the Red Phantom, and then he, at the night before, reneged and started bashing it. Um, and so they go to Juliet, mentioned room 428, said some dark Jujuma gumbo went down there. Um, and we learn, though, that Juliet is also a big nerd, uh, and those who Hilt's cooler is, um, which kind of tracks given how excited she is about police work and how type A she is. Um, that you know, I, I you don't get the impression she was you know had a ton of gal pals growing up. Uh, yeah, I guess not. I don't know. I guess I never drew that. Conclusion. Also, I'm probably also conflating with things that you learn later. I apologize. I can't. Remember. I see. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. So so yeah, that, that's we we start like talking about like how the Red Phantom movie got trashed really badly, and they start you know talking about like what must have happened, and I think Sean or God, I don't forget which one of them. Basically suggests that those two execs from Paris. Well, we're caught you. You're yeah. You're um, missing. Uh, I think the second scene with Lasseter and Vic happens in between this bit. I think unless I'm no, wrong. it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, okay. Where the water breaks. Point. Yeah, my apologies. I must have missed something in my notes. Continue. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh no, sorry. No, no. You're right. I think did we discuss that we think that Paristone paid Malone money? Yes. Uh. Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe not. Yeah. We think that no, Paristone, the company, no, they paid Malone money. And so they think that they might be involved. And then we caught to Lasseter and Vic, and they're talking, and uh, Vic's water breaks, you know? Um, no one in te- no one in television history has ever had a baby on time or in a convenient place. Um, it is truly the number one trope in the world, no matter what show it is. No one yeah. gives birth safe and sound in a hospital without any drama. Um, but yeah. And so I mean- Carl, yeah. I mean, how often does it happen in real life, though? Right? Like your water. I mean, I feel I honestly, I honestly have no idea. But based on people I know in my immediate life, I get the impression that most births happen relatively close to their due dates, to the point where people are not as out and about when it happens. But I could be wrong. Obviously, there's going to be people giving anecdotal evidence about it. But um, yeah, yeah. I want to say my mom's water broke for me. Like in a really in, at a weird time, and like she was in the car somewhere, and like it was like not like at all. That's not good. But anyway, Lasseter, you know, puts on the sirens. They go to the hospital, um, and he doesn't want her his briefcase to get ruined. Which do read the room. Um, I mean, I kind of I'm not mad at him. Like you just gotta move it a little. You bit. don't say it. You don't say it. Water's dumping out of her. You don't. You don't say. Also, it. like, don't put your fucking briefcase in the front seat with a pregnant woman. Like, yeah. Or, or, don't, don't put your don't put your briefcase. How about this? If someone is sitting in the front seat, also don't that put yeah. your briefcase. That's just rude. Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway, Sean got a date with Talia uh, in an hour to talk about things, 
Um, and we meet back up with George, who is pissed because the he requested North Carolina blueberries, and they sent Michigan blueberries, and he can taste the difference. And to be honest with you, I would assume that the Michigan blueberries would be better because yeah, they're so like, in like a colder, a colder climate. Yeah. yeah, but what do I know? I I'll trust the G man. Um, he also got the wrong room, which he says fucking up his chi. Um, and uh, yeah, he's. He's not doing well, but the, Sean promises he's going to rectify it. Then we cut to the beach date, and um, we learn about how high the stakes are for the Red Phantom movie because they took such a bath on the Green Spirit, they had to build a landfill for all the is that like Is that like industry talk? What do you mean? Took, took a, a bath? bath? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, it's not, not, I don't think it's just movie industry. I think it's just business lingo that you take a bath as if you take a huge loss. Um, Never knew that. Yeah. But the, the landfill thing, I assume, is based on the thing about them having to build a landfill for the E.T. video game. I'm assuming that that's what that's referencing. Um, yes, I think you, so. Yeah. Um, but we learned that they're going so well out for this that there is going to be a pyrotechnics display at Tricon to promote Red Phantom. I wonder whether that's going to pay off. Yeah, same. I'm sure we won't see at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, they, like, you know, uh, Sean's questioning here about, like, how they probably paid off the blogger and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Talia is like shuts the conversation down. So it seems kind of obvious or like maybe not so obvious that like they're not, the studio isn't actually involved in like the kidnapping portion of it. She can't confirm nor deny whether, you know, he was on they, the payroll. Malone yeah. was on the payroll. Yeah. I, and the thing is, that's the thing that people, people get accused a lot of being on payrolls specifically. The thing that this episode really reminded me of in a lot of ways is uh, uh, the Snyder cultists. I don't know if you ever mm. encountered them on the internet, but um, they genuinely believe that Disney p- paid off most critics to give Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League movies bad reviews. Um, and that, like, I'm serious, like, they didn't, it they is, didn't, yeah, they didn't watch the movies clearly. The and I'm I, I want you to look at my face to see how completely serious I am. The rhetoric that some of them say is almost indistinguishable from the things people said before January 6th. The way they talk about, like, we need to do something about WB. We need to show them that we are mad. Like, these people need help. Anyway. Um, yeah. Especially because they're not even that good movies, man. Like, if we're talking about great movies, then okay, whatever. Do we got to do it. But these movies blow. Um, you know, I got to say, like, it, it's – I don't think they're that bad. Like, I mean, they're okay, not They're great. not that bad. I think, okay – the original, the Justice League cut that came out is horrible, but that's because it's like a mangled movie. Zack Snyder's Justice League is okay. Um, yeah, Batman vs Superman is pretty bad. It's okay. I don't mind it. I think like there's like annoying parts of it. To be honest with you, I think Man of Steel is like not good. It's not. It's, like, I re- it's so self serious and like. Keep in mind, I you're talking to someone who just rewatched all of them for charity like a month ago, so I they're very fresh in my brain. Um, yeah, they're not good. Uh, definitely not worth making uh, threats at DC executives about. Um, mm. So they go to find um, Dent, you know, to see what's going on, to, you know, talk to him about all this. Rachel! Uh, yes. Harvey Dent. Dent, you're trusted. <laughs> he's a white Where's Lau? He, he's the uh, white knight that Gotham was promised. Yeah. Um, where's, Lau? where's Lau is definitely my favorite. Um Thing to say in the Batman voice. Uh, so they go to find Dent and he is missing half of his face because he's skinker. No, um, they go to find Dent <laughs> and uh, he's missing as well. And there's another note signaling that there was some more dark juju magumbo that went down. Yeah, it says two down, one to go. So mm-hmm. there's only one person. And I mean, if we're going through like who we think it's going to be. Sean guesses that it's going to be Talia. Um, mm-hmm. She's the other person involved here. Of course, and, yeah, because I mean, her dad is you know protects the Lazarus Pit and is the head of the League of Shadows. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and <laughs> but Gus points out something very interesting, mm-hmm. which is that he thinks that Malone was kidnapped before the harsh reviews started coming in because he was you know he was pretty fair. To the, I mean, he seems like to have been a fan of the movie up until yeah. around the time they suspect that he mm-hmm. was kidnapped. And that's when all the negative reviews started rolling in yes. for the red, yeah, the red, red phantom. phantom. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this is when they start to think maybe Talia is not the kidnapper. Maybe she's the next victim. Maybe it was a kidnap. Uh, sorry, a comic book fan, a la the Snyder cut. 
who took things too far and got caught up in, you know, some crazy fantasy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so before they can act on this, Sean gets a call from G-Dog and he gets invited to karaoke with George Takei. Yeah, which, um, I mean, his, we've heard his voice. He's probably a pretty good karaoke singer, I would be willing to bet. I mean, the thing about karaoke is, and this is something I believe in my bones, the difference between a good karaoke singer and a bad karaoke singer is all commitment. And he mm-hmm. would commit, you know? Because um, there's nothing worse than someone who's, like, half embarrassed to be doing karaoke. It's like, get the fuck off the stage. What are you doing? You know? I love karaoke. Um, I love karaoke, man. Uh, last time I was at a karaoke bar, my older brother was visiting uh, for a work thing. And they're doing karaoke. We turned out that the bar had karaoke that night. And I kept being like, Kevin, we're going to do it. And he's like, I don't know. And I signed us up to do everybody Backstreet's back. And I got like three drunk texts later that night. Like, Jake, thank you so much for making me do that. That was a lot of fun. I'm really glad I did that because he was shit faced from his work party. But, you know, point being, if you're in a karaoke bar, fucking do karaoke. It's great. You won't regret it. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. You and I are yeah, both, we, we both, we're, we're both fans of participating. There's nothing worse than just being on, why live life if you're not going to be enthusiastic about the stuff around you? Yeah. <sighs> no, I mean, I, I fucking love karaoke. I, that's yeah, it. Great. Yeah. We got to go next time we're in the same city. Um, so, yeah, um, we cut to the hospital. Vic's husband's on his way, but he's got to go now. The, the baby's coming out, and she doesn't want an epidural, which is a decision you can make. Um, but, I don't know why you would do that, but I can't speak on the issue. Um, yeah. Kind of seems like a crazy thing to do. But uh, anyway, we cut back to the the Comic-Con, and this is when Sean tells Juliet that Tali is the next victim. But Juliet's like, she's not the next victim. I just saw her out on the phone. Outside. Oh, no- yes, but she's not on the phone. There's a phone on the ground that just says 9-1, and she's gone. Yeah, I mean, you know, bold decision by whoever this person was to attack a person in broad daylight, but, you know... I guess hey, just because she's a woman doesn't mean it's broad daylight. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good one. Uh, this is so stupid. Why would I... It's such a dumb waste of your time. Continue. Shame on you. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, so obviously they oh okay, so they find her phone on the floor and then you know sean looks around and he finds a note that's p- pinned underneath uh, a woman's boot and it looks like all three uh three three targets were 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 captured and it looks like that judgment day is upon us yes yeah. and not like as gus points out not like t- terminator 2 because it doesn't seem like he has a drone system that can end mankind which fair um, yeah yeah Shouts to Cyberdyne Systems. Uh, I'm shorting your stock. Um, so <laughs> Sean finds some cheese doodles. Um, and then he uh, sees Gus is reading the first edition copy of um, The Green Spirit. And Gus points out, wait, this the crime in this comic is what's happening. He's recreating the crime from the comic book. Yeah, which, you know, like... I'm assuming that Gus has read this before. Like, why the fuck did it take him this long to figure out that this was, like, parodying I don't know. Also, that? I will say, when Sean starts grabbing it with his fingers, the first thing I thought of is that um, when we had Howard Bryant on the Marvel podcast, he has, uh, I think, Daredevil's issues 1 through 75, and he has a first edition of the first Daredevil that cost uh-huh. a lot of money. And, like, it's one of those things where he had to get it separately appraised from his house and for insurance purposes. And I can only imagine just... The, the look on his face as someone grabbed his daredevil first comic with cheese doodles on his hands oh my Fuck god yeah that bothered that that no that's fucking horrible like i don't care like even if you're touching my ps5 controller like don't do that like you, you understand i i have ocd and most of it is under control the thing that will never go away from me like a lot my worst symptoms of ocd medication takes care of i can't basically if there's residue on my fingers i can't touch my phone i can't touch paper i can't touch my computer i can't touch anything that i need to touch again which is annoying on a day-to-day basis but is why my laptop is completely clean and my phone is completely clean and my computer is completely clean you know what i mean like it just it is a good yeah. way to live um but anyway we learned that the criminal in it fear career which honestly good name for a supervillain um absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that no no he kidnaps the judge the prosecutor and the defense attorney for his case that he got uh, convicted for, and he sets them on fire. Um, but uh, 
Dust is like, oh my god, it must, yeah, it must be a fan of the Green Spirit. But Sean says, uh uh uh, it's not a fan of the Green Spirit. And what does he see? He, uh, well, actually, wait, no, we cut back to Vic before this bit. So what happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we go back to Vic and she's having a hard time focusing on the birth process. Um, looks like she needs some motivation and mm. Lassie offers it, uh, considering he was voted most motivational at uh, cop camp. Or I think it was that he academy. took a course on motivation. I don't think that they give superlatives like that at, co- at the police academy, but I might be wrong. Yeah, they might. You never know. Uh, yeah. Cops like like to get any praise. Um, as far hey, as I, I was I, I was voted most likely to be successful, and now I host two podcasts, so beat that with a stick. Yeah, and you sleep on a futon, so yeah, you win. Well, I don't sleep on a uh, fucking futon. I sleep on I a... Know, t- I'm, just, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm seeing your bed I, right now. I just want to be a Fair, but the thing is, you can't do that bit when we just talked about memory foam mattresses like a half hour ago. <laughs> I, I can, and I did. Okay, uh, fair, fair. So, yeah, Lassie tries out his uh, his motivational tactics. Uh, Vic doesn't like that. Then he gets like a little bit more personal he like holds on to her head and tells her like he's yeah. very supportive like as a husband would be in but he think you know he's doing what he thinks that looks like he's not really doing it effectively right and that's when like you know he admits that he maybe he just doesn't know what any woman wants which mm-hmm. seems like the obvious yeah i here. mean he could he he could do, do from uh having the mel gibson experience you know what i mean um it's reference to the 2000 which, film what oh okay gotcha. what we want. yeah yeah yeah. Doesn't he, he use that information electric- to just like coerce chicks into bed and shit? Just one. Um and it's yeah, actually it's 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 dicey because she already wants to have sex with him. And then sure. he just makes the sex really good because um yeah. Strange movie. I mean, it's, that I watched. It, what's awesome is that it's by like it's a Nancy Myers movie. It's, it's a Nancy Myers movie. It's was one of the things because I watched it because the my favorite podcast, the Merle Blank Check, covered Nancy Myers, and so I watched her movies. And I was the movie is like weird and bad in a lot of the ways you think it would be, all the Mel Gibson ways. But because Nancy Myers is like a very empathetic feminist filmmaker in a lot of ways, it's also there are moments where like this is not the same movie. This is actually like an empowering moment. <laughs> what why is this in this movie? Anyway. Interesting. It's not bad, Helen, honestly. Helen, Helen Hunt's the lead. That's right. Yeah, Helen Hunt's the lead. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we um, the baby comes and Lassie cuts the cord and says, "Hi there, nice to meet you." Which is, I think, the thing you want to say to all newborn babies. Um, and he notes that children are the reason his wife and him split up. Um, and uh, Vic is obviously like, "I think I might want to hold my baby now." So they cut back. Cut back to the. Um, the convention center and Sean goes back up to the stage to uh, wrap up the case to just figure it all out. Uh, yes. Um, and you know, he starts doing the whole rigmarole. Um, he senses a disturbed spirit, uh, specifically a kidnapping spirit. And, um, you know, he needs to get to the bottom of it, but he needs his sidekick magic heads powers. Um, so, while Gus is like on the side, you know, talking to George Takei, I like that he gets a little snippy with George Takei because he mm. didn't get invited to karaoke, you know, mm-hmm. as one would. Um, and then when he's like, "Who's Magic Head?" and then obviously, you know, uh, Magic Head makes his way to the stage. Yes, um, and they uh, he this one Sean accuses uh, Hilt's cooler of being the killer because the studio executives bastardized the green spirit and Malone Gray Fogel's review sunk the movie. And so he decided that he was going to be like fear career and kill the people who wronged him. And the piece of evidence is that Hilt cooler writes his O's with a distinctive swirl in them. Um, which is, you know, a, a tell it's, uh, it's kind of obvious when you see it, but uh, that's why you got to write with your left hand when you write, Serial killer notes, baby. Yeah, I gotta say, I think like ten minutes before this, I forgot when when exactly, but I kind of already knew that it was. Yeah, that's that's one of the problems with the episode is that it's you notice it. I think the moment that you see the comic, it's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, So there's matching handwriting, um, and you know, so they bust hilts, and he doesn't matter to him because his plan is already in motion, baby. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's when we find out, like how or no. Wait, yeah, apparently these people are already somehow located near the vicinity of a fire or something mm-hmm. like that. Could, could well, be yeah, because that's fire. what happens in Fear Career is that they get lit on fire. Correct. Sorry, what happens in Green Spirit 1? 
Yes. Um, and so Sean rightfully deduces that the wherever these people are being held are actually like right under the stage. Um, yeah. Because that's where the pyrotechnic show is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they go down there and, and all three of them are tied up. Yep. Yep. And crisis so, uh, yep, crisis averted. And then we cut to the hospital where, you know, they're looking at the babies and we lo- and there's a little conversation, not really important. There's a little joke where Vic says she's going to come into work the next day. But Sean says, you know, maybe January. Come back in January, which is one of those inside TV things because this is when they took their midseason break and came back in January. Ah, I was wondering. And then we cut. We cut to the last end tag bit, and uh, Gus and uh, Henry Spencer are at Henry's table. Um, Unclear uh, why Henry needed to be there. Well, I don't know because it's a place to meet. And so Sean apparently dropped by the con, and he got two pieces of memorabilia. Yeah, he got like a you know some sort of artistic representation. I mean, like comic book versions of both. Uh, what was his name again? Oh, the Amazing uh, the Psych Amazing. Man. Mm-hmm. And another one of Magic Head, to which Gus hilariously asked, like, why does he need a like a, a magic wand, wand if, you know? Yeah. His head's and, magic. You know, yeah, his head's magic. And great stuff. Great question. What yeah. do you give this episode out of 10? I give it a 7.5. So do I. I like this episode. It's one I remember fondly from the first season. Uh, magic Head is great. You know, it's... It's good stuff. Uh, it definitely was not. There are some really low hanging fruit nerd jokes, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be because that stuff always ages poorly. Where it's like, as, and now that we live in a world where dweebs control everything, it's kind of like, you know, what are you making fun of? Um, but right, you can follow the show at First Psych on Twitter. Andre, we can people follow you. You can follow me at Andre Ferreira. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Please rate, if you subscribe, tell this, tell your your friend who loves Psych about this show. And more important than that, tune in later this week as we talk about Forget Me Not. <laughs>